Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Yes, Lord. Come on, he's good. He's good. He's amazing. He's wonderful. He's awesome. Hallelujah. Jesus is the righteous. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. Amen. Before you're seated, smile at somebody around you. Amen. Maybe you can be seated and tell them, I'm glad you came today. Oh, man, I can't hear anybody. Say, I'm glad you came today. All right. You may be seated. It's good to see everybody here on this Palm Sunday. And, uh, of course, we uh, love coming to church anytime, but especially this time of the year is really special for every believer in Christ. And uh, we are so thankful that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Jesus Christ came to set us free from sin, hell, death, and the grave. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Can somebody lift their hand to heaven and say, I thank God for the freedom that's in Jesus Christ. Thank God for the forgiveness that's in Jesus. Amen today. So thankful that you joined us, maybe online, just watching or listening to us. Uh, maybe this is uh, in the summer sometime and you're listening to this again or you're listening to this for the first time. We just hope that God blesses uh, His Word today and blesses you through His Word and that we just want to share something that God would touch your heart and bless you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ and you have questions about Christianity, turn to the Bible. Look to the Word of God. Get in the Word of God and, and try to read the Bible. And, and Jesus is in the book. How many believe Jesus is in the Bible? Amen. And it's not just His name is in the Bible, but every, everything about the Bible is about Jesus. And especially at this time of the year, we see that everything was about Jesus coming and purchasing our salvation and Jesus coming uh, to give us salvation and to forgive, forgive us of sins. And so I'm so thankful for that. Really, it just there's a lot you could say at this time of the year. There's so many great, wonderful sermons that I see online and just so many revelations of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How many can just say, thank God that there's a message going out this weekend and next weekend about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful for that, that we have the freedom and liberty to do that. Is that right? And to publish it online and whether people like it or not, we're doing that. And so I'm so thankful for that today. Today I just want to share with you uh, something out of God's Word, of course, that has to do not necessarily with Palm Sunday, as we would think of Palm Sunday, but about Jesus Christ and about this time of the year. In 1 Peter chapter 2, this is where I want to just start this morning. I do have a lot of scriptures that we're going to try to go over if we feel that God's going in another direction and we might go that direction, but we'll just see. And, but there's a lot of things we want to share today. I, I want to share. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, amen, and then we'll pray. <clears throat> really could start in verse 21. This is talking about Jesus and what he did, and, and I need to do that. I'll just go in verse 21. It says, For even hereunto, this is what we're called, this is why we're called, or this is what Christianity is about, because Christ also suffered for us. How many believe Jesus suffered for us? Leaving, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps, who did no sin, this is talking about Jesus, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was attacked did not attack again, that's what that means, and when he suffered he didn't threaten but committed himself to him that judges righteously, here's the key verse, who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Aren't you glad that there's forgiveness and freedom in Jesus Christ today? That, there is for, that our sins are forgiven, but our sins are carried away. 
How many believe that Jesus carried our sins? I believe that Jesus took on himself our sins, my sin. Uh, my sin he took on his, his own body, the Bible says, but also he spaced spiritual separation from God because of me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. It was driven by love. It wasn't driven by a, a, just a religious obligation or just some type of abuse from a father, but he was driven by love. How many are thankful for that? Amen. And I'm so thankful today that Jesus carried our sins away. Amen. I, I don't know if you're a Christian and you've been saved so long you forgot what it's like to rejoice over salvation. But I believe God wants us to refresh our hearts and, and squeeze our hearts a little bit and say, listen, let's go back to what it was all about. Let's remember what it was all about. Amen. How many believe that Jesus died for your sins? Jesus took your place. He hung on the tree in your place. You were the one that was supposed to die. You were the one that was supposed to face eternal death. You were the one. But the Bible says that He took on Him our sins. He bore our sins. Amen. This morning, I just want to talk to you about forgiveness and freedom, the atonement for our sins. How many believe Jesus is the atonement? Jesus made atonement. He is the atonement. Where do we find this in Scripture? Well, you have to all go all the way back, and I want to share an account with you where we can see Jesus. In Leviticus chapter 16, Leviticus chapter 16, when I was a kid, I thought if anybody went to the Old Testament or Revelation, they knew a lot. Amen. I mean, you no, know, it doesn't mean that today. It just means we're going to share out of God's Word. But in, in Leviticus, and so we see that in chapter 16, of course, this was a lot of um, Levitical law or procedures and, and, and um, uh, ceremonies and those things. But in this, I want to just show you that Jesus took our sins away. Jesus was the lamb that took our sins away. Jesus is the goat, <laughs> as we will see. The greatest of all time, yes, but he's also the goat that took our sins away. Amen. How many believe that Jesus took your shame away? Jesus took the sentence of death away. He took the stain of sin. There's a stain that sin leaves. There's a shame that comes with sin. And Jesus carried that. He took that. And he sacrificed himself for our sin that we can be free. That we could know days of heaven. That we could have eternal life. That we could have peace and joy. And the Bible says that he suffered that we could have these things. How many know that's a good God? There's no, there's no other God on the planet or in heaven or anywhere else, amen, that'll just do that for you without any strings attached, amen. Aren't you glad for that? Oh, so good, for, glad for that. So in Leviticus chapter 16, I won't prolong this, but we find this account. I'm just going to read a few verses to give you a backdrop and then explain to you about the Day of Atonement. Now, the Day of Atonement usually is celebrated in around September of October called Yom, Yom Kippur, but... But Jesus, how many believe, is in the atonement? Jesus died for the atonement of our sin, and so it's proper to read it and understand it at this time. In verse 2, I'm going to start in verse 2 of chapter 16. The Bible says that the Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron, who was the high priest, that he could come, not at all times, not like other times, into the holy place. This is different. Within the veil, before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. So in other words, he had to do it a certain way, and that he wouldn't die. Right, And I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. And then so Aaron came into the holy place with a young bullock and for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. And he will put on the holy linen coat and he shall have the linen uh, pants and his, uh, of his flesh. And the Bible says that, uh, that he will gird himself around with linen. So it's not the, 
the traditional priestly garment that we see with all the precious stones and all the pomegranates and bells and all the colors. This was plain linen, just real fine linen, but it was plain. And he said he had to put these on. These are holy garments, therefore he will wash his flesh in water and he'll put them on. So he had to take off the, that priestly garment, he had to take a bath, and he had to put these linens on and go into the Holy of Holies. And this is what he had to do. And then in verse, I believe it's in verse 10, or verse 8. Let's go into verse 8. It says, And that Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats. So he's going to offer goats for the sacrifice. One lot for the Lord, and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the, coat, or the goat upon uh, which the Lord's lot fell, and upon him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him, and to let him go for a scapegoat, into the wilderness. And there's a whole process he gives here of what he had to do and what it meant and signified because at this time of the year. And I'm going to go through that. And I want to show you Jesus is the atonement of our sin. And I want to show you today, amen, through the Old Testament and through this ceremony, that Jesus came to forgive us of our sins and carry them away. Aren't you glad for that? That there is forgiveness and freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we look at this and just go, uh, just if you're taking notes and you're a historian, this is called the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. It is around September, October is when the Jewish uh, celebrate this and the Feast of, of Atonement is September and October. I understand that. And usually a couple of really neat things about the Day of Atonement is that because they can't make the, the sacrifices required today in the temple, that they usually observe it through uh, humility and fasting and charitable works and um, things like that. And so it's a day of humility. And, and uh, the book of Jonah is read during this time as a reminder of God's mercy and forgiveness. And a couple other things that, that really it means the Day of Atonement means the Day of Covering. Or it means covering. So the sacrifices, the purpose of the sacrifices back then really represented how that God was going to cover the sins of the people. That He was going to take away the sins of the people. That He was going to forgive the sins and take them away by covering their sins. It's called a day of covering. Amen. How many of you thank God for the day of covering? Amen. And so this is what it means. And if you look at the word at one meant, it means the, that which was divided to bring back together. So that which was separated, the, the broken relationship between human beings, between us and God, was made right again through the atonement of Jesus Christ. But it needed a blood sacrifice and it needed an atonement. And so I wanted to bring this out today. And Jesus is the atonement of our sin. Jesus took our place. I believe that today. Jesus is the goat. <laughs> I mean, if you want to put it that way, we say greatest of all times, but how many know Jesus is the goat? Because this represents something. And you see this picture, and I want to just go through this a little bit and show you the picture of Jesus. And there's one point I really want to bring out today about Jesus carrying our sins away. But you look at the account and the very ceremony that, that happened, and you go through this. And you, First of all, you'll see that it was the high priest that had to go in alone, and that he was chosen for that one particular day. It was just that one day of the year, and he was... Uh, chosen to go into the Holy of Holies and to make sacrifices for the people of, of Israel and that he went in alone. It wasn't all the priests like usual. It was just one and it was the high priest. How many know Jesus is called our high priest? 
In Hebrews alone, 34 times it references the word priest. It references Jesus being our high priest. This is a picture of Jesus who was, amen, how many know he's worthy? And how many know it was only him? He went in alone. And he was chosen to go in and he was chosen to do this. And so he went in alone. It was Aaron the high priest. And how many know Jesus is our high priest? Amen. But then we'll see and we follow what the priest did. And so as the high priest did this, you'll see that he began to remove his priestly garment. The Bible says that, he, as we read, that he had to remove his priestly garment. He had to remove the, the he had the, the, the ephod and the hat and everything and had all the, the, the gold and, and silver, everything on it, all the onyx and all, the, uh, all those priestly garments. The Bible says he had to put those down, he had to take a bath and he had to put on linen. And so when you looked at him and he went from this kingly appearance to a servant appearance. I don't know what I'm talking, you know where I'm going with this. Jesus became a servant. Jesus humbled himself and became a servant. How many know God became flesh, humbled himself, and, and, and was obedient unto death? In fact, the Bible says in John 13, before Jesus died, that he was doing the, having the last supper with the disciples. The Bible says he took his garment off and he laid it down and he picked up a towel and he washed their feet. Jesus humbled himself like this priest and he emptied himself, the Bible says. And even in the garden he says, not my will, but your will be done. He took, uh, the Bible says that God had, had taken that glory that he had, that Jesus had the glory with God. And the Bible says he laid it aside, is that right? And he became a servant for us. How many are thankful for that? Amen. And so the setting aside of the Lord's glory and the splendor so the work of atonement can happen. That's what we see this picture. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says that Jesus made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Verse 8, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Something amazing would happen next that this priest was required to do is that he had to take the, the blood from the bulls and the goats and the lambs and all those sacrifices that he had to make that day and he would take and he would dip his finger in and seven times and he would sprinkle the mercy seat. He would sprinkle the, the walls of the holies of holies and he would sprinkle uh, you know, the curtain, the veil. Isn't that amazing? And then he would take the coals off the fire and he would put it in the censer and he would fill it with smoke and smoke would fill that holies of holies. And before he could go in, he would have to almost just put his hand in there and let that smoke fill in there. And then he could go in and he could approach. Amen. So the mercy seat had the blood on and the mercy seat had that smoke and that, uh, and that you know, kind of before he could go in. And how many know that we need the blood of Jesus? Amen. They put it on everything. They put it on the sacrifice. They put it on the instruments. They put it on all, all kinds of stuff. Everything in the Holy of Holies was, was kind of scattered with blood all over. Aren't you glad that when Jesus died, the Bible says that the veil was split in half and now we can go freely into the presence of God, into the Holy of Holies. And listen, not only that, but here's one thing I love about this is that you see this picture, is that there was smoke all in the Holy of Holies where the mercy seat was. So when the priest went in, he could barely see the mercy seat. He almost had to feel for it and touch for it. Amen. The Bible says that we feel after God. Is that right? We, 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 we kind of, you know, we handle the Word of God. But the Bible also says that when Jesus rent that veil, amen, though now we can go into the Holy of Holies. How many know we may see through a glass darkly, but amen, there's a day coming we're going to see him face to face, amen. And this also represented 
that relationship that you had under the old covenant. They had just a figure of God, a figure of the Son of God. Is that right? They only had symbols of the Son of God. But aren't you glad that when Jesus came, He completely showed us who the Father was? He completely showed us who God is. Amen? And now you don't have to wonder and say, oh, it's just a little partial of God. It's all of God. Amen? And so this was need, and I believe that he was preparing. The Bible says that he made a sacrifice for the temple. That's interesting, isn't it? For the tabernacle. He sanctified and atoned the holy place. The building, the structure, the tabernacle, the temple. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That now no longer God lives in one of those tents. Now he abides in us, as we said a few weeks ago. And so this is a picture of how God sanctifies us. How God, you know, His blood washes us, comes into our life. Amen. And we're sprinkled with the blood of Jesus is what, amen, the writer in, in James says. And so one of the things I, I notice is that when, when the Bible says that Jesus was on the cross, the veil was ripped in two and, and there was an earthquake and the rocks split. Even the rocks split in half. That's how powerful it was when Jesus died. I mean, I believe Jesus is our high priest. Amen. That He made atonement for us. Something very unique about this ceremony is that not only did the priest have to do this alone, most of this work alone, but he toiled through this. He suffered through this. He had to do, up to, historians say, up to 15 sacrifices that day. So he had to kill the, the animals, drain the blood, and do the entrails. I mean, if you, hunting season was just a few months ago. If you understand what this means, you had to have to process an animal. And that's a lot, 15, and he had to do all the, all the normal ceremonial things that were required. There was a morning sacrifice, there was a sin offering, and all those things he still had to do, that plus he had to do this. And there was work involved because he did it himself. You know, the Bible says that Jesus paid a terrible price. Jesus suffered, amen, and toiled. How many know the Bible says that when Jesus was in the garden, the Bible says he agonized. He agonized. Because he was the high priest making this sacrifice, getting ready, preparing himself, amen, for this sacrifice of sin. And he was the one that was toiling. He was the one that was, amen, crying out to God. And the Bible says that great drops of blood as there were sweat came from him. That's how much he toiled for us. That's how much he persevered and pressed in to God's will for his life. Amen. Jesus was the atonement. Do you believe that? Amen. Jesus was the atonement. But then something very interesting, it says that God spoke and He said, take two goats. Now we would think that He'd take two lambs, but He said, take two goats. And He said, the one goat, first of all, there's something interesting about this. You read it. First of all, the, that the high priest would have to cast lots for these goats. So he would have to cast lots and choose which one dies, which one goes free. And he would have to cast lots. And then he would, he would, uh, the one would be sacrificed. The one would be let go. And, and also, if you read the scriptures very carefully here, it says that he had to not just choose between the goats, but the goats were bought with public money. They were bought by the people. How many know Jesus was betrayed by public money? And cast lots. The Bible says the Roman soldiers cast lots for his garment at the cross that they cast lots to choose. Come on. I mean, no, that's what the Bible says. So we see the picture of Jesus here, don't we? Amen. That even so the, the, the priests had to do that. They had to cast lots and, and they used the money that was purchased. And Jesus was betrayed with public money. We didn't see that. I, I, I've thought about that many times. But So we go into this and we see that there's two goats. And the first goat was to be killed. 
So whatever lot it cast on, he was to be killed and he was to be, and the other released, but the first one was to be a sacrifice. And this one is very interesting because this one's called the Lord's goat. The Lord's goat. How many feel like the Lord's goat sometimes? Well, you were. Jesus is a picture that he took your sin, that you were the one to be crucified, you were the one to suffer. But the Bible says this is called the Lord's goat. How many know Jesus was chosen by his father to die? He was the Lord's goat, amen. And he was sacrificed as a sin offering for the sins of the uncleanness of the nation. The Bible says that Aaron had to sacrifice that animal for the, all the sin of the people and the uncleanness that they did and all the things that happened wrong and all the fights they got into and all the, uh, the laws that were broken that year. He had to make an atonement for that and there needed to be blood. There needed to be death. There needed to be a sacrifice. How many know Jesus is a picture of that first goat? Jesus is a perfect picture of that first goat. Because of our sin and our disobedience, there had to be a sacrifice. And it had to be bloody. And it had to cost a man his life. Amen. And Jesus is the worthy one. He is the lamb. Amen. The Bible says that he was worthy. And so we see that as he sacrificed this goat, he not only sacrificed this goat, but the Bible says it wasn't just for the people, but it was for the tribe of Levi. That he made this sacrifice for his family. That he made it for the tribe of Levi and then he made it for himself. The Bible says that because of this, that the priest that was making this sacrifice was atoned for sin. Aren't you glad that when, when, when we look at the blood of Jesus, that it's not just for our lives, but it's for our family and it's for a nation. Amen. Come on. Is that right? Amen. And so he made this sacrifice and this blood sacrifice to this first goat. And he put it on the altar and he burned it. And so the blood was added by the priest. To, and then he would sprinkle that. And he would do all kinds of other things. And it was just a symbol of Jesus dying on the cross. How much Jesus suffered and how much that he agonized on the cross. The Bible says that when Jesus was, the illegal trials happened and they went all night. And it was cold and he was stripped. The Bible also records this about that time in Jesus' life and that, what he went through for us. The Bible says that not only was it cold and he was stripped, but the Bible says that he uh, was spit in his face and he, people covered his face with spit. They beat him up and they mocked him. And then they turned him over to 300 Roman soldiers who beat him up all night and they made a crown of thorns and they took sticks and then beat him on the head when that crown of thorns was on his head. They ripped out his beard and they beat him all night and they mocked him and told, said that he was the king of the Jews. Then he went to Herod and he was beat with, with the ends of, of the spears, the, the blunt end of the spears and he was mocked. And the Bible says that he was received 39 lashes on his back with a cat of nine tails. Then he carried that heavy cross all the way through the city and he was crucified. The three nails were put in that cross with his hands and his feet and he hung there for six long hours, agonizing to breathe every single breath. How many are thankful that Jesus was the high priest that suffered, that soiled for us? Amen, the cross, amen. He made an atonement for us. I'm so thankful for that. And so we see that Jesus was like that first goat. It represents the sacrifice, the payment of our sins. And Luke presents Jesus as the peace offering. That's when, when Luke begins to portray Jesus, he actually portrays Jesus as the peace offering, that God was making a peace offering to man. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we see all that, that Jesus, how many believe that he fulfilled all the Old Testament sacrifices? Jesus, all in one day, all at one time, fulfilled all the Old Testament sacrifices 
for us. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, it says this. It says, You know that He was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him there is no sin. Amen. Jesus came to take away our sins. I'm so thankful for that I won't pay for what Jesus paid for. Amen. I don't have to pay for what Jesus paid for because Jesus Himself was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so we, we believe this with all our heart. And so we, people celebrate this, but we celebrate this all the time, don't we? Especially this time of the year. And so something very interesting to happen I wanted to just focus on. And so what happened was is the, the big part of the ceremony was this. That the second goat was called the scapegoat. And so what they would do is the priests would come and they would bring this goat that was chosen to be the scapegoat. The one was already killed, the other one. And the Bible says that they would bring it and the priests would lay their hands on that goat. And they would confess the sins of all the people that whole year on that goat. And so by doing that, they would place all of their sin on this goat. And they would confess the sin of lying. They would confess the sin of adultery. They would confess the sin of, of, of idol worship. And they would put all that sin on that goat. They would lay it, their hands on it. Think about it. And then they would lay And then the Bible says that they would turn that goat away and they would appoint somebody to carry that goat about 10 miles into the wilderness. Not into a place where there was rivers and there was grass, but into the desert. And they were to drive that goat into the desert. Many historians believe that, that what they would do is they would literally drive that goat off a cliff in the wilderness. Never to come back again. That was the intent. The intent was is that you wouldn't put that goat with a sheep you, or, or in another pasture. You wouldn't put him next door. I mean, no, you wouldn't put him in the neighbor's you know, pasture. The Bible says you had to drive that goat completely away from the camp. You had to get that goat that had the sin on it. You had to make sure that he was completely driven away. Amen. Come on, I think you know where I'm going with this. The Bible says that the Lord had laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Jesus is that second goat that there were, the sins were placed on him. Our sins were put on him. And he was the one, amen, that drove, was driven into the wilderness. Amen, to take our sins away. I'm so thankful for that today, amen. Jesus is the scapegoat. Jesus fulfilled this. Look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. Surely, in verse 4, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He carried them away. Verse 5. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I mean, you know, this is what they did. They laid the sins upon this goat. In verse 6, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so Jesus took our sins and he carried them away. Amen. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says this, Having canceled the charge of our legal, our legal uh, indebtedness, which stood against us, or all the handwritings against us, and condemned us, he takes it away, nailing it to the cross. How many believe that Jesus took our sins away? Jesus was that scapegoat. Again, when John saw him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is that goat. Jesus is the, the scapegoat. He was the one that, amen, God himself had laid the sins and the burdens of us on him and he carried them away. Here's a scripture I love in Psalms chapter, I believe it's in Psalms chapter 102, I think it is. In Psalms 3, I'm sorry, Psalms 3. 
It says, as far, 103, Psalms 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. How many love that? Amen. I love that. Even if I don't get it right, we still love it. Amen. But you know, in Galatians chapter 3, it says that Jesus was made a curse for us. Everything that faced us, everything that was, was coming to us, everything that we deserved was placed on Jesus Christ. Wow. Isn't that amazing? In 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Bible says, For God hath made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let me just say this, and I'm, I'm sad to say this, that there is a false teaching today, and there is a false movement today called progressive Christianity. One of the main things that they are against is this substitutional atonement. One of the things that you need to be careful of is if you hear about progressive Christianity, be careful and be warned that one of the main things that they are against is the atonement. The substitutionary atonement that God did not allow Jesus to stand in our place. They believe that. They call it cosmic child abuse. Let me explain this view. So they believe, many people believe that uh, basically you have this angry deity that hates you and, and you're repulsive to him and then Jesus comes along and he'll take the anger of God from you. For, you know, he'll, he'll take the beating for you and they say that's child abuse. But it can't be child abuse because God himself came down and willingly took, amen, and paid the price, amen. And so many people believe that Jesus is, is some helpless victim on the sideline being tortured by a mean dad. But how many know they're only comparing it to their dysfunctional relationships and dysfunctional experiences? Amen. The Bible makes it clear that it was God incarnate that took the punishment for us. God himself came down. So that we wouldn't be abused. So that we wouldn't know what abuse is all about. Amen. That's why he came. He didn't come so that he could be some mean deity. And he, No, no. This is because we were against God. And in his love and in his mercy, he paid the price for us himself. That's a good God. That's a good father. That's an amazing dad. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's not an abusive relationship. That's an amazing relationship. That's love. This is all about love. So many people have measured God's love, God's sacrifice as their own personal experience. How I many know we can't do that? We have to accept what Jesus did for us and the way that God had to do it for Him. Nobody else could do it. That's what we have to understand. Nobody else could do this. This had to be done this way. How I many know this is not abuse, this is love? And so I want you to be careful of that. And look out for that because it's something that's pervasive and it's, it's something that kind of tricks you into saying, well, well, the only reason that Jesus died, that he really just showed us what it's like to suffer. He gave us an example of what it's like to go through hard times. He gave us an example. No, no, no. He took our sin on him. How many believe that with all your heart? You know, that humbles you, doesn't it? That's why this is a humbling celebration, really. It's a humbling feast. Because it humbles you to see the, the mercy of God, doesn't it? It humbles you to see that you were the one that needed to die. You were the one that was standing there. You were ready to be crucified. But Jesus stepped in and took your place. 
Aren't you glad that he not only laid his life down and became that first goat, but he also was willing to become the second goat, that scapegoat, amen. He was willing to be, amen, have the sins placed on him. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. Listen, every time the devil comes to you and says, listen, you did this, you did this, you say one more time, listen, there's a scapegoat and Jesus is that goat and he put my sins on him and he carried them as far as the east is from the west. He separated me from my sin. Amen. He drove it away from me. When you're saved, it's not just trickles out away from you. Your sins are driven from you. They're carried away because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Amen. And so your sins are forgiven and taken away, and I love that. And, and, and listen, the scapegoat was never to return. I believe that they were constantly looking. Somebody tell me if that old goat makes it around the corner because we're going to drive him away. How many know nobody went and chased after that goat? You weren't supposed to. You were supposed to let that goat go. How many know you were not supposed to chase after our sin? We're not supposed to chase after our past. Amen. What's done is done, and we need to let it go at the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so every time that temptation comes to become that old person and do those old things, you just say, God, I thank you that you've got the power to take my sin away. I thank you've got the power to cleanse me of my sin and carry it far, far away. Amen. You are the great scapegoat. Amen. You are the one that took the shame and the sentence and the stain away from me. And I don't ever want to see it again. Come on, we need to have that heart desire, don't we? I don't ever want to live like that again. I don't ever want to be that way again. I don't ever want that stain in my life. I don't ever want to see that ugly goat around here again. Amen. Jesus became that scapegoat. He put the sin on him. And so every time you think the devil says, oh, you, you, the sin was on you. You said, nope, I got one that bore my burdens. I got one that carried my cross. I've got one that went up that old dusty hill and he was crucified on that tree in my place. Amen? And that's why we sing such, such, it's such an awesome thing when we sing about the grace of God because we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve what Jesus did. He willfully laid his life down. He willfully gave himself. Can you imagine the king of glory setting aside that royal robe of all the power and all the glory, amen, that he set aside, put on himself a form of a servant and just came to die. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? How many known people need to meet this Jesus? Our friends need to know this. Our family needs to know this. And aren't you glad that the blood of Jesus didn't just come to cleanse you of your sin, but it's for your family? Come on, it's for our nation. How many lift your hand to heaven and said, our nation needs the blood? Our nation needs, my family needs the blood. Amen, I need the blood, amen, today. Thank God that Jesus was the sacrifice. And thank God that he was, amen, that scapegoat for me. Amen. I'm not good. You know, one of the things that's not being irresponsible about your sin, but it's confessing your sin. That's what the Day of Atonement's all about. It's realizing your sin. Realizing that, that there is a sin that put on that goat. That there is a sin that you have committed that you need that priest to put on that goat for you because you did something. Amen? Many people think, well, I didn't do much. I just was a good person and I decided to join the, the religion of Christianity. How many know you're not really born again in the way the Bible says you need to be born again? Because one of the things we do, the first thing we do is we repent. I mean, repentance is a powerful thing. It's an awesome thing. It's something to be celebrated. It's something that, yes, we come in humble. You, you don't come before God and say, you, you better forgive me. I mean, no, you don't do that. You come before God and you say, Lord, I don't deserve this, but I receive what you have for me. I don't deserve the gift, but, you know, like a kid at Christmas, how I many know you really didn't deserve those gifts? 
But oh, did you demand those gifts? And did you love those gifts? Did you want those gifts? Come on, amen, right? How many know we don't deserve the gift of salvation, but we love the gift of salvation. We're so thankful for the gift of salvation. We're not going to reject it. We're going to receive it, amen, hallelujah. Something I want to close with today about the Day of Atonement was this. In Leviticus chapter 25, verse 8, we see another picture of Jesus. That every 50th year, every, every 50th year, they had to do something on the Day of Atonement. On the day after the ceremony, and they went through all the humbling, and they went through all the repentance, and they went through all the sacrifice, and they laid their hands on the goat and sent it away. When that goat went away, the priest put his garments back on, he bathed again, he put his royal robe on, and then he would announce something every 50 years. And he, the Bible says that they would blow a trumpet and they would announce the day of Jubilee. Amen? Yeah, yeah, that's good, isn't it? The day of Jubilee. You see, this is what it's all about. It had to be after the Day of Atonement. Why? Because Jesus brings forgiveness and freedom at the same time. Amen. How many know Jesus declared that He is the Jubilee? Amen. Is that right? Amen. And so we see this at the year of Jubilee, every 50th year. Jubilee, what would happen? Your debts were forgiven. Every debt you had. Man, that's good for every American. We need that, don't we? We need something like that. Amen. Why don't they do that? Amen. Instead of a stimulus check, they just need to wipe everything away. But how many know God, this is a picture of what Jesus does. The Bible says that for all debts were forgiven. Even if you owed somebody a quarter, a quarter million dollars, it was forgiven. It was just forgiven. It was torn up, forgiven for a whole year. And then you could start going in debt again. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. But it, and also, guess what also happened? There was freedom from slavery. Every person that owed somebody a debt and they were doing it through slavery, they were free instantly. Everybody that was owed something to somebody else was freed instantly. Amen. Aren't you glad that Jesus brings freedom? Amen. From the bondage of sin. From the bondage of addiction. From the bondage, amen, of all kinds, all kinds of sin and disease and sickness. Jesus brings freedom. And then you got your inheritance back. If your family had an inheritance and you had a farm and then you lost it because there was a crooked deal or you ran out of money, you had to declare bankruptcy, guess what? On the day of Jubilee, you got the farm back. Everything that was yours, you got back. Everything that you lost, whether you, you lost it yourself or you were irresponsible or someone stole it from you, you got it back. How many know Jesus brings everything back? Amen. Everything you lost, Jesus gives you back. Amen. Hallelujah. He is the Jubilee. This is the amazing thing about the Day of Atonement is that at the 50th year there was Jubilee. Repentance and Jubilee are in the Atonement. It was at the same time. And Jesus fulfilled this in Luke chapter 4 and in Isaiah 61 that prophesied about Jesus. Jesus declared, he said, today is the acceptable year of the Lord. What did he say would happen? The blind would see, the captives would be set free, those that are bound would be loose. Jubilee. Is that right? Jubilee. When you preach the gospel to your friends and you talk to them about the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus, you've got to let them know that there's also a jubilee in Jesus. That you're free from sin. That you're free from addiction. That you're free, come on, from the penalty of sin. From the eternal sentence of sin. You are free and you get everything that you lost, God will give it back to you. How many know sin robs you of your peace, robs you of your joy, robs you of your dignity, it robs you of identity. But how many know it's all back in Jesus Christ, amen. You get your identity back, you got your dignity back, you get your, come on, you get your, your peace back, you get your joy back. 
It's all in Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is the fulfillment of the atonement. Amen. That God had planned the whole time. Aren't you glad for that? I, I, I just want to rejoice over that today. And that's what they did when Jesus came down that windy road off the Mount of Olives. They began to say, Hosanna, the son of David. This is the sacrifice for our sins. This is the first goat and this is the second goat. Amen. This is the high priest. Amen. That made the sacrifice for our sins. It's all in there, folks. Jesus is in the atonement. Amen. I love that. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it kind of describes it a little bit more, puts it into our terms, and it says this, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. How many know there's atonement right there? Repentance and freedom is right there. Refreshing, if you look at that word refreshing, the times of refreshing. It's a time of repentance and forgiveness, but also that times of releasing of sin. The times of refreshing, this is what that word means in the Greek of refreshing means this. It means recovering of breath. It means almost like a, a second wind. It, it also means to feel light, like your burdens are completely gone. It means you catch your second wind. Amen. How many know that when repentance and forgiveness are there and freedom come, it's like you got born again. It's like you got a second wind. Come on, somebody. Amen. Where there was death, Jesus brought life. I wish some Christians would get excited about this today, that Jesus is the atonement of our sin. Amen. When Jesus hung on the cross, He fulfilled every sacrifice, every lamb, every goat, every bull, every dove that was given was in Jesus Christ. Amen. For the forgiveness of our sins and the freedom of of our lives, Jesus did it all. Can I, I can just lift your hand to heaven and say, I'm so thankful today. God, I love you for that. I praise you for that. Can we just stand on our feet and give God a praise this morning? Jesus, you are the high priest. You are the one that forgives our sin. You are the one, Lord, that laid your hand, the sins were laid on you. God, you are that scapegoat. Lord, I thank you today that you released my sins from me, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that as far as the east is from the west, so you have separated my sins from me today. I rejoice in your atonement today. Jesus is the goat. Amen. He was the one that your sins were laid on. And today, I don't know if you're li living in your sins and you don't know the Lord, but Good Friday coming up really represents that process that Jesus went through when He began to suffer and He died on the cross. Amen. To fulfill the Day of Atonement. That's what it represents. And so, I don't know if you know the Lord or not, but I want you to know today that through Jesus Christ, your sins can be forgiven and they can be taken away. Many Christians confess their sins or repeat after somebody, but they don't feel that their sins are taken away. They don't sense that, that their sins are, or they feel that they can still live in their sin. How many know when Jesus takes your sin away, there's no reason to live in sin any longer? Can you say amen? So maybe today you're listening and you're, still living in sin and you're still practicing sin you say well I don't even know if I repented of my sin I don't even know if I've made Jesus Christ my Messiah my Lord my Savior my King my priest today is the day to do that you just simply say Lord I, I Lord I that you would forgive me I come to you today Lord is is that person Lord that's just full of sin and I I'm the one that's guilty I'm the one that deserves death I'm the one that Lord the curse has come on me but I thank you Lord is we read from your word today that you were the one that wanted to take my sin. You're the one that willfully took my sin. My sickness was on you. My disease was on you. My sin was on you. Every sin that I could ever think of and commit, Lord, you laid it on you. And so today I receive what you did as a scapegoat. 
I thank you, Lord, and I receive what you did as that first goat that was sacrificed and put on that altar and you died. Lord, I know that you died on that cross. I know that you died for me. I know that you died for sin. Not just to be a military hero in the eyes of some, but you did it as God coming down, so loving me, taking on the form of a servant and giving himself for me. Lord, I thank you for that, that you are my God. You are my lamb. Hallelujah today in Jesus' name. I don't know about you. Can we just pray today and just thank the Lord? Our nation needs, amen, forgiveness. Our nation needs, amen, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. They need the freedom that's in Jesus. Amen. Let's pray right now. Let's just lift up our nation. And God, we pray right now for our nation. Lord, where, where we live, this represents the nation of Israel, Lord. I know, God, you want to forgive. I know you want to set free. Lord, the blood of Jesus cleanses from all unrighteousness and sin, Lord. Lord, from all corruption, from all lying and stealing and cheating, Lord, and hatred, Lord, and racism, Lord, your sin, your, your, your blood was spilled out for our sin. And so, Lord, we confess that over our nation today. We ask for a mighty outpouring of your spirit of forgiveness and restoration in our nation oh God. Lord, we pray that you are going to be, Lord, that, that, that goat, Lord, for our nation, that lamb for our nation that was slain, and the blood sprinkled, Lord, for the nation, Lord. Lord, atone this nation of sin. Forgive this nation of sin, oh God, for us as a people group, as a nation together of sin, Lord. We're not blaming other people. We're just saying, God, we're confessing the sin of our nation. Lord, it's great. And Lord, we pray that you would forgive the sin of our nation, Lord. Come on, how many have family members right now? Come on, you just, just don't know the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We just confess, Lord, the blood of Jesus. Amen. Over their life, Lord. We thank you that, Lord, by the blood they can be saved. Lord, you shed your blood for them. You were the scapegoat for them, Lord. Lord, you were the healer for them. Oh, God, I pray that they would know who you are as the Lamb of God. Lord, that they would not die in their sin before they have the opportunity to choose you, God. Lord, that they would choose you, amen, Lord, as that scapegoat, Lord. That they would choose you as the life that they need, Lord. The healing that they need, the, Lord, the deliverance that they need. I pray, God, for family members that are just heavy under addiction right now. Heavy under perversion, heavy under brokenness and abuse, Lord. Heavy under substance abuse, Lord, right now. I thank you, God, that you laid on that goat, that sin. That addiction was laid on that goat, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you love my family and you love love my children and you love my relatives God and man Lord I thank you that the covenant that I have with you you're going to look at that and say I'm going to move in his family I'm going to bless his family because of that blood covenant today Lord my family needs a tone I pray that they would receive forgiveness and see Lord that you are the precious lamb of God who loves them and will take their sin away and Lord for us personally we thank you that you are our lamb you are the lamb of God you are the one that took our sin that you carried our sin far far away from us today. Lord, we, may we never lose sight of this. May we never forget this. May we never become hard-hearted and so used to hearing about this that we're not, Lord, tender in your presence, God. Lord, and just kind of break in your presence and humble ourselves and say, God, we still need you today. Lord, I still need you today, Lord. I need your power. I need your grace, Lord. I need your strength because you're my atonement, Lord. Thank you that you are the atonement. Lord, repentance and freedom and forgiveness are in Jesus Christ today. We rejoice in this, Lord, today. And thank you so much. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Aren't you glad that there is forgiveness and freedom in Jesus today? Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and give God a cheer. Come on, I want you to take 30 seconds and just worship the Lamb. 
Worship the Lamb who is worthy. Worship the Lamb who is worthy. He is worthy. He deserves the glory. He deserves the attention. He deserves the praise and the honor. He gave His life. He gave His life. He spilled His blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the Son of David today. Amen. Amen. Today I want to challenge you to tell somebody about Jesus this week. Tell somebody that they can be forgiven and free because He paid the price. Amen. Don't, let's, let's not forget this. And we, as we pray for our meal or whatever we do, can we just thank God today for the atonement that's in the blood of Jesus? Thank God. I mean, and I'm telling you right now, how many know there's people all over the, this city and your family everywhere need to know that Jesus, amen, is the goat. He was the one. Is that right? For them. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. We'll see you. Have a great Sunday. And uh, we'll see you next week at Easter. Bring somebody. Amen. As we hear the gospel in Jesus. Amen.